What's up, everyone? Welcome to another episode of For the Love of Cinema, a movie podcast, where our motto is, we just hope it doesn't suck. This is episode 322, broken up into two parts, A and B. A. Thank you, gentlemen. 322A, posting on 321, will be a discussion on the newest installment in the long-running Scream franchise. And 322B, posting on 324, will be a discussion on the season one finale of The Last of Us and our overall impressions of season one that was i'm one of your i'm one of your hosts grayson nunchucks Ghostface maxwell joining me as she does every week is my co-host roger flamethrower Ghostface stillian and our lovely perma guest chris shotgun Ghostface bond how are we guys i'm okay what is going on in every call of duty i've ever played i i use i specialize in shotguns so i'm good with that shotguns are always are always good and they're no, great listen, man it's just uh, i can't aim. Wrong i can't you? aim and i discovered in my 30s that my eyes are bad so it explains a lot I in can't even read, bro. Plot twist. <laughs> plot, <laughs> plot twist. I got glasses. I still suck. So, do you guys remember? The, do you guys remember in the last uh, screen movie where they were showing like they were like really leaning hard into the the stab movie franchise, and they were showing yeah. someone was looking at clips on YouTube, and one of them was like. There was a ghost face with like cut off sleeves waving nunchucks in one of the movies. <laughs> then there was a ghost face with a flamethrower. <laughs> I just I think that is one of the funniest things in any screen movie I've seen. I just I that makes me laugh every time I think about it. But mm-hmm. I can see Roger with a flamethrower, just big grin on his face, flamethrower going listen. down. I have killed many a zombie in Call of Duty World at War on uh, some of those old maps where you could just funnel them in and just torch them with the flamethrower just yep. for hours on end. Yep. I get it. Yeah. There you they go. They can die and burn in hell. <laughs> <laughs> they can die and burn in hell. What's going on, guys? How are we this week now that we're deep into March? What's going on? Um, basketball. It's on TV. Mm, it's true. It does happen now yep. March. That's it. Uh, I, I don't know. I've, I had a good week. Watched uh, some more Dragon Ball Z with my oldest daughter, which we're now deep into the Cell Saga for Ooh. anyone who gives, a, who gives a damn, which I know it's probably nobody, but... uh. That's my favorite of the Dragon of the uh, Dragon Ball Z sagas. I can't wait to explain to her about Krillin having babies with androids. <laughs> hey, good luck with that. Luckily, she's just not curious about that kind of stuff yet, so oh, I won't have to. But later okay. on, she's gonna be like, "Whoa, yeah, so, no, that's all right." As you get a little older, you're like, "It's kind of." I'll be here, I'll be there when she needs me. But other than all that, right. you know, we're, we're not gonna touch that. We don't have to. I'm not. Does she understand now that all the humans are terrible and she, they can't fight for shit? So she had she had a very good question. <laughs> She, <laughs> so this is going to be comedy for people who know Dragon Ball, but I'm sorry to put you through this. But uh, when they first find the androids, they're looking for him, and Yamcha's the one that finds them. Oh, him, God. And all he does is just get housed, <laughs> basically killed in like four seconds. She looks at me, she goes, Yamcha always dies first. <laughs> yep, that's, uh, th- that's the joke. She went, it doesn't seem funny. It seems really sad for him. I went, oh, yeah, that's the joke. No, but you're like, you're <laughs> wrong, honey. It is funny. <laughs> But yeah, yeah. No, she so she is noticing that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, I don't know. It's it's been a cool experience because uh, she started out with Naruto, and I I watched all 120 episodes of of the original Naruto with her, and then I needed I needed a palate cleanser, and I thought DBZ would be fine, and uh, she's really gotten into it. So I've got to stay away from Naruto for a little bit. She likes you know what we're watching, and I'm excited to get to the newer stuff because I haven't seen all of Super. Are you skipping anything? No, nope, nope. So we're we're gonna watch all. Sorry, the, yeah, we're gonna watch all the Boo Saga. I think she'll like the Boo Saga because I think she'll like Boo. So but, did I did, did I not send you a jacket today? You did, you did. I'm ready to I'm ready to purchase that for when that's her favorite character. Purchase we'll it for yourself because it's fucking awesome. 
he's, he's referencing a giant like just boo- like bubblegum pink booze face on a on a jacket. It's got like pink fur on it. Yeah, it's it's, it's, it's fuzzy. Incredible. Yeah. Uh, I may sport it if my daughter likes no, it enough. It's awesome. <laughs> I think you gotta take the sleeves off though. Oh yeah, no, you're right. Yeah, yeah heck yeah. Mm-hmm. Show off you gotta, these. You gotta do a father daughter uh, same these jackets. Yeah, get one for the kid and rip the sleeves off that oh, bad boy yeah. too. <laughs> she, she looks more jacked than I do right now. Yeah. I'm, just, I'm just a floppy noodle arm man now. Yeah, no, that there makes you sense. go. <laughs> I want to talk go. to you about that. You look kind of look like shit. <laughs> I do. I really know. <laughs> so you gotta tell me. That's uh, fine. I need that. Speaking of floppy noodle arms, I walked 16 miles yesterday around the Beltline of Atlanta. Let me tell you, my legs. Or jelly, and I was worried that I was going to wake up today, and I was just going to stand up out of bed and just fall just over. Down. <laughs> <laughs> didn't I, actually, they haven't felt too bad today. I, I'm, I'm doing good. I, I did some, I did a little bit of walking earlier, but I can definitely tell that like yesterday was maybe overdoing it a little bit. But I'm, I'm really getting into the whole now that the weather's getting nicer permanently. I'm really getting into the whole like make sure to get my daily exercise routine in. It was 12 degrees here this morning. Yeah, it was Jeez. cold. I know. And windy I don't miss. at that point too. That sucked balls. See, I don't miss the Ohio Valley is like it's kind of miserable up until like mid-April, even into May. Like it can be pretty like, why is it so goddamn cold? It's May. Kind well, of then last year in May, it got to like 95 degrees for like a week. Yep. <laughs> it was terrible. Uh, but no snow yet. It, have you had any accumulation in March in the Ohio Valley? Uh, no. We had a few like squalls, but other than that, we no, haven't had around. snow at my house for more than two inches the entire year mm. or the entire season so far so uh disappointing to kids who are open for some snow days very disappointing yeah i mean i like snow i really do i think yeah. it's fun awesome i love to go sled riding still even though as a as an older man now it it hurts infinitely more when you crash a sled than it did when i was like i don't know 12 <laughs> now i'm like i'm just gonna lay here and die just <laughs> <laughs> What about your kids? Also, walking back up the hill, that sucks so bad. Oh, God, yeah. In in, in the older age, yeah. It's not even worth it, you think. Like, I'm I'm good down here. I'm just going to go home, guys. I did one. Um, How about your kids? Somebody with a car (laughs) drive you back up the hill. (laughs) Do your kids enjoy sled riding when you guys have a chance to take them? My daughter loves sled riding. Chris, you ever take your kids sled riding? So they haven't been like. Not with me sled riding. I believe my wife took them one year, Mm -hmm. and I wasn't wasn't, like around to go at that time. But, uh, I grew up on I grew up on a hill, right? I yep. grew up on and we Same used to, we used to sled in the woods and all the paths we had cut. We used to like do what's called demolition uh sled riding where we'd like try to You gotta blow stuff up? No, the goal was to make it to the bottom with as many people's sleds as you could. So the others had to walk all the way down. So no, that like, makes sense. So yeah, I mean a lot of injuries, but you know, boys will be boys. Yeah. So I I, I haven't got to like like do like 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 big hills like sled around my kids yet. But I don't know if like my five year old's ready for it. No, probably not. Yeah, but the eight year old might be. But yeah, so no, I, I haven't got like good sled around with them yet, and it's just not something that I've had the opportunity to yet. So I, I want to, and I'm ready for it. But to, this year doesn't seem like it's going to be the year for it. No, I also grew. I also grew up on hills, so we did a lot of extreme sled riding back in the day. Like mm-hmm. my one buddy's house down the road from where I lived, his grandparents lived at the top of this hill, mm-hmm. and. So like we would start at their house. There was a road that went to like the other houses and their house is like on the other side of the road or other side of the street, but down even farther. So we would go down over the road and then down again. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, 
that shit was incredible. Yeah, we had uh so we didn't have a snowboard, but like everybody, all of us wanted to snowboard when we were like teenagers because of course it's cool as shit. Yeah, edgy and, uh, and cool. Yeah. <laughs> so we had this hill. We used to we used to ramp our bikes off of in our woods where it was just a straight down path, and at the very end of it, once you got to like the T section of another path, it kicks up. So you, that's you, a terrible idea. Well, listen, <laughs> on bikes, it was fine. We had enough control. You know, we had done enough stupid shit to, you know, where we were good at it. Then we tried it with sleds while standing up. And that's where How'd I think, that go. That was, I believe, our first real concussion for like, like our, our cousin, our cousin group where like, I think he's fucked up as soon as that as soon as that kid hit that hit that jump that up the sled went. He didn't. He just went straight horizontal instantly, and his head just snapped <laughs> off the ground, and he was asleep. Mm. And we did. We thought he died, so we waited for a little bit for him to come to, and he puked for a long time that oh, day. Oh, definitely. He was in bad shape. So, yeah, a lot of the you things took him home and be like, I don't know what's wrong with him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not even that. We just took him and his brother home and like dropped them on the porch, and we left. It yeah. was like, okay, good luck. You know, don't tell your mom. Bye. And we ran. Hey guys, call you later. Yep. <laughs> So yeah, good times. Uh, one last snowboarding thing. Talking mm-hmm. about your buddy getting his head whipped. Oh. Uh, I bruised my tailbone when I was 13 because I hit the ramp and mm-hmm. kept going farther than what we had allotted for the landing zone. Oh. And I landed in a driveway, ah. a concrete driveway yeah. directly right. onto my right. ass. Seat. Yep. Right oh. onto my ass. <laughs> Look. I don't know if you guys have ever had any tailbone injuries. No, so listen, when I, you say bruised tailbone, it sounds like, oh, you know, whatever. Just a bru- no, that, that's that's no, like the worst. That's like legitimately awful. Like you yep. can't lay down. Mm-hmm. You can't sit down. You can't do anything. Yep. And is, it just hurts. Like radiates your, pain. Isn't that your coccyx? Your coccyx? Your, 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 your coccyx? Yeah, your yep. coccyx. Yeah. yeah, legitimately like that little bone there. And I bruised it like I had to have my ass x-rayed. You know, because people were like, <laughs> they were they were seriously worried that I had broken. Yeah, it. yep. And uh, it was not not ideal. Nope. Stupid stuff. No, ten of ten. If I did that now, I would definitely be dead. <laughs> yeah, the things you could look back My on. My pelvis as an adult. would just shatter. <laughs> <laughs> There's things you could look back on as an adult. Be like, I'm I'm surprised I survived that. I don't know how I did, but I'm glad I did. You know, it's one of those. Yeah, um, I'm one story I have about my brother. You guys have went sledding in um in Ogilby, right? I have, yes. I never yeah, have. Crit- but- okay, well, there's a okay. pretty, there's it's a pretty, pretty dope. S- yeah, there's a pretty steep hill, Chris. It goes right down to the um, there was like there's the pool area with like the start of the golf course. Uh, what's that called, Roger? That little place right there. I don't remember. Uh, it's got it's got it's got a, an old timey name, but anyway, it's so, so this huge hill, and my brother was going down, and he hit this like. Someone had built like a snow ramp, but it wasn't intended for anyone who didn't know it was there. And, <laughs> and I, was, I, was, I was up there watching him. I may have been, we were with my sisters. Um, I may have been 12, so he was nine. And I just remember we were watching him Perfect. and we saw like, he was on this weird, like one of those metal, like old classic sleds that oh with like the runners oh. yeah dude with 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 like the the metal runners that like so those things when they get going but they get some speed they really get some speed and right before that yeah. they had like packed the snow down like really oh, because like no. they these kids were having fun time building a ramp and my brother hit it and i remember watching him from like afar and we're talking like maybe half the length of a football field from up you know looking down and like I saw him just his body just like ragdoll. He just like did like three flips, <laughs> and then he and then he just slammed right into a tree. No. And then and then like we were coming down there, and, then and this, he's like dead. Look at him, he's dead. And then we get down there, and this guy who's like 
kneeled over him, like trying to like dig him out of the snow, out of the trees. Like, I don't I think, think he's. Al- I think your buddy's dead, bro. <laughs> he, he said, "I don't think he's alive anymore." <laughs> I don't remember that because it's the way he said it. He goes, "I don't think he's alive anymore." Like he just it's like such a West Virginia accent. It just, oh yeah, man. Yeah, but that's my one like watching someone get injured. Was he actually injured. dead? Roger, he, no, he's fine. But I mean, I'm sure it was. <laughs> I've it was met his brother. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, he's. Uh, that's a good man. Sledding is just not the same when you're not young. But it's a lot of fun. Anyway, we need. We no, need it's to move dangerous on as fuck. I can talk about stupid this. sled riding shit all oh, day. I can talk about stupid shit from my childhood all day long. Like, I mean, I talk like, about like riding off of a. I, I I once took a scooter off of a ramp that I shouldn't have, and mm-hmm. when I hit the when I hit the ground, I hit it so like in a weird like twisted way my body and my legs and i i wished i was that that for like 30 <laughs> seconds i wished i was dead it hurt so bad time, living was living was the worst option <laughs> it, when i hit i just the pain it felt so bad i didn't i couldn't process and i was like i just wish i was dead someone please just kill me right now i can't do this i know i know we want to move on but i will just premise one thing and i won't talk about it anymore it's like i just want you to understand when I was growing up, my grandfather owned a fully functional junkyard. All right. I'll leave it at that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you had a whole bunch of cool stuff to play with in the junkyard. Oh, sharp, pointy sticks, glass, cars that sometimes started and moved. <laughs> oh, <laughs> man. Jeez Louise. Oh, All right, hey, gentlemen. Multiple cars that started and moved. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I can imagine. Sometimes little... in the same direction of each other. <laughs> Yikes. All right, this has been No stu- comment. <laughs> this has been stupid stuff we did when we were kids talk yeah, on yeah. your uh, movie podcast, but we should get back to it. Yeah, yeah. All right, gentlemen, are we ready to talk about Ghostface and his sixth re- re- role reprisal? Let's do I it. I mean, you got like nine other things to talk about before we get there. True, like, true. That's true, but we'll, we'll get there. <laughs> All right, this is episode 322 of For the Love of Cinema, a podcast about movies, film, and cinema, which posts each and every Tuesday and Friday at 5 a.m. on Podbean, which then distributes to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music. Each and every week, we start with the box office current and upcoming releases, what streaming trailers and movies of the week. Without further ado, let's take a quick look at the box office and... Shazam! Fury of the Gods opens at number one, but not really a commanding lead as it's 30 million domestic, only did a worldwide of 65. That's pretty Ooh, low. That's bad. Yeah, that's bad, flick, bad, right? yeah. For worldwide. I mean, I mean, 30-some domestic's not bad for opening, but like worldwide? Mm, that's still not very good. Ooh. So yeah, I, don't I, I remember I mentioned to you guys, I think we were off the air when I talked about it, like there had been a rumor that Shazam's tracking was really, really bad. So I'm trying to stay away from like reviews and stuff like that from the like, things I follow because I want to I want to go into the movie blank. But like all the thumbnails alone that are on my YouTube feed, they like they're just all sad faces, like all of them. So it's like, oh, no. Well, mm-hmm. not Shazam, but I didn't like the first Shazam. I remember you I was, did not. I believe I was the only person that didn't. No, you it. and Grayson were positive, And I think what, it was Alex on the show back then. Yeah, it was a long time ago. I Me and Alex were in the camp where we weren't we weren't big fans of it. I don't. Rem- I don't think I didn't lo- love it. I actually remember liking it quite a bit. Yeah, that's so. what I mean. I think you and Roger were in the positive camp, and me and Alex were in the negative camp. This but week, like, here's the def- thing: it's, it, it's been so long since that movie. I feel like it feels like it's been such a long time, and I think DC's gone through a lot of identity changes within that time from that. I was, I was really hoping for this to be a better film. So I don't know. We'll, I, I guess we'll see. That was It'll what 2018, 20, 2019. Slay, baby. That was what, 2018, 2019? Yeah. One of those. Yep. Well, I mean, I do. I am looking forward to. I'm going to watch the first Shazam on HBO before I go 
later in the week or in the weekend. So I do have that advantage. It's just as bad as I remember last time I watched it. So good luck. Fair, fair. Cool. <laughs> cool, cool. Well, Shazam, I hope you definitely do some picked up at the box office. Number two, Scream 6 is still doing very well. 17.5 domestic with a worldwide of 116. That's, man. Oh, they're a, happy with that. For a rated R slasher, that's, that's got to be a win. Absolutely. I'll, has I'll, to be a I'll win. look at the budget, but yeah, they're happy yes, with please. that. No, we'll Number talk about that during the... Yeah, ours. Number three, Creed three still doing very well. Number three, fifteen point four million domestic, that's worldwide of two hundred and twenty four. Man, that's good. Good move. Good number for a good movie. I'm very happy that's doing well. Sixty five, another story. Five point eight million domestic, worldwide of thirty eight point eight. Bum mm. yeah. bum. Not great. Number five, Ant Man still holding on to that number five spot. Ant Man and the Wasp: Quantumania, four point one million with a worldwide of four hundred and sixty-two. That has definitely lost all steam as of this week. Yeah, unfortunately, I'm not too surprised. I just want to take a look at seven through ten. Just to seven is Jesus Revolution. Eight is Champions. All right, not not terrible. Twelve million. I didn't think it'd be, I didn't think it'd make that much. Hmm. Twelve million. Number nine is Avatar. Still kicking up. Still, oh, it crossed the two point three mark. So two point three. reason why you want to talk about top ten. That's the only reason. No. Yeah. Okay. It seems okay. 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 <laughs> and okay. Puss in Boots: The Last Witch in number ten, which is great. Yay. So four hundred seventy. Okay. That movie did better than Ant Man. I have a legitimate thing to say about Puss in God. Boots. It's relevant. Um, yeah. My kids are at home watching Shrek two right now, and my wife messaged me before we started the podcast, uh, saying that. My kids didn't know Puss in Boots came like oh, the character Shrek. came from Shrek because they only like they only knew it from the actual movie itself, you know, that came out this year. So like, I guess they were super pumped that they got to see you know Puss in Boots in Shrek, and like they're super pumped about it now. So I don't know. I thought cool. that was relevant. So well, I forgot that it came from Shrek, like those old Shrek movies too, basically because it's been so long and so detached from it that yeah, no, that's that's where it originated from some side character and some. Weird comedy animated movie from back in the day, and it's going all, strong all the way up to Oscar nomination. Yeah, it had a fantastic four hundred million dollar movie, so good for it. Well, the first one wasn't so fantastic, but this one is definitely made up for that. Mm-hmm. So there's the box office one through five again. Refresh your memory: Shazam, Fear of the Gods, Scream Six, Creed Three Sixty Five, Ant Man and the Wasp, Quantum Mania. Are you one through five? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Not, not, not too, nothing too crazy. I think pretty much where things are expected to be. I didn't think Shazam would be that low though, but whew. yeah, yeah, that's that's, an, bad. That, that's surprising. Tough. Just, just that genre just seems to do better than that for openings, just because of the genre it's in anymore. But I guess we're probably seeing lack of faith in DC and lack of faith, lack of interest in the superhero genre at this point. If it's not coming out, you know, with like a big hype train to it. Well, one thing I will say before we move on is I, I think James Gunn saying the first actual movie in the new timeline is I think that may have taken some of the wind out of the sails a little bit mm. because people are like, why do I watch this if it doesn't matter? I don't care. I, so I, I disagree with you on that because like I, I don't think the average movie watcher is listening to what James Gunn is saying and going, well, if it doesn't matter for the timeline, I'm not going to go see it. That's not how it works. I dedicate my entire life to everything James Gunn says. Well, I believe that with you because, I mean, it, I, I know who you are. But yes, anyone else, they, they just don't pay attention to that kind of stuff. That man see, made Peacemaker. They want to, and <laughs> he deserves all the accolades that he gets. That shit is incredible. <laughs> it is. It is. People want to go see a cool movie that they're hyped for, you know, because it's coming out and it looks awesome. And they're, they care about the characters involved. And not what James Gunn says about what I, 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 I don't know how true that is. I really don't because I mean I, I just I mean I don't I'm not saying I did a huge impact in the box office, but I can imagine a few people like I, I just don't care until it gets re- until everything starts over. I'm done with DC. 
I can see people saying that. Not that I know anyone who has. I just I can see that being the case. I'm just trying to account for such little box office, but I'm sure that'll be a discussion next next week of yeah, yeah. why the box office is so little. So let's talk about some upcoming releases this past weekend brought us March 17th. Moving on and Shazam Fury of the Gods. Also a trailer we talked about recently, Boston Strangler on Hulu is now available for you to watch. John or sorry, John Wick Chapter 4, March 24th. That's next week. Yes. March 31st is Dungeons and Dragons Honor Among Thieves, which I'm getting more and more excited for because it looks like it's leaning hard into the fact that it's it is a Dungeons and Dragons story and it's kind of silly and campy to begin with. So every new trailer that I cut, I get more and more excited for that. So I'm very excited for that. I don't know what you mean by that statement, but we'll talk about it in more fighting words when the movie comes out. Fair enough. April 5th, Air, courting a legend on Wing and a Prayer, which that's a prime video, and Mario Brothers movie, which is going to just annihilate the, the movie-going world for a little while. It's going to have all the box office. April 7th, which is a Friday, Paint and Chupa on Netflix, a trailer we'll be talking about today. April 14th, the Pope's Exorcist, Renfeld, Suzumi, and Sweetwater. Um, all right, some of those are new. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> April twenty, April twenty first. Bo is afraid. Chevalier, The Covenant, Evil Dead Rise, and To Catch a Killer. Uh, is that I a know, movie? The, uh, there's a trailer we're going to talk about today. Yeah. Okay. Because I wasn't sure when I watched the trailer, but all right. That- it is a movie. <clears throat> and then April 28th, Are You There, God? It's Me, Margaret, Big George Foreman, and Sisu. May 5th, Guardians of the Galaxy, Volume 3. May 12th, Book Club, The Next Chapter, Hypnotic, Love Again. Not all one. Those are three movies. Not all one chapter. Not mm. all one uh, title. Glad you clarified. <laughs> You're welcome. May 19th, Fast 10. Yeah, baby. May 26th, About My Father, Kandahar, The Little Mermaid, The Machine, and what? You Hurt My Feelings. I have a feeling that that week, you know, usually like things move around. I have a feeling that week's going to stay there and Disney wants it to stay there because they want an excuse. Mm-hmm. June 2nd, The Boogeyman, Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. June 9th. The fuck, I forgot that's coming. That's June? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's June, far away. June 2nd. And then the very, the very next week is Strays, which I think has, it might have some potential for rated R comedy and yeah, Transformers good. Rise of the Beasts. That's going to be an interesting weekend for us. June 16th, The Blackening, Pixar's Elemental, and The Flash, a big movie, hopefully a reset coming. Look, Roger's going to be very hyped that weekend that he is hashtag Roger was right for the last two years. Absolutely. June 23rd, No Hard Feelings. June 30th, Harold and the Purple Crown, Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny, and Ruby Gilman, Teenage Kraken. Uh, did I read that wrong? No, I did not. Teenage Crackhead? Ruby, Gillen, Ru- Ruby, Ruby Gilman, Teenage Kraken. Hmm. Uh, interesting. All right. I like my idea better. So he's gonna be a teenage octopus. All <laughs> right. July seventh. We'll start. We'll stop there. Is Insidious five and Joyride? He's on PCP <laughs> and cocaine. <laughs> it's a bear. Yeah, there we go. Not, not a whole lot of change up right now, but I, I have a feeling things are gonna move around a lot, and we get into uh, summer, summer to late summer. I think things are gonna start moving about. No, no, no comments of that. We shall see. Indeed. Yes. Yeah. Let's take a look at what's streaming. This week, we're taking a look at Hulu and uh, a movie that I love. It's actually in my top. It's uh, constantly in my top 10. Uh, the Green Mile by f- uh, director Frank Darabont. Tom Hanks, Michael Clark Duncan, David Morse, Barry Pepper, Bonnie Hunt, James Cromwell, Michael Jeter, Graham Greene, Sam Rockwell, Patricia Clarkson, Harry Dean Stanton, Doug Hutchinson. 1999. This is one of the two prison movies. 
uh, directed by Frank Darabont, I think are, is just excellent. Frank Darabont knows what he's doing with this kind of with this kind of uh, slow burn script and movie. I think some of the greatest sequences in cinema, at least one of them is in this movie, if not more than one, I would imagine. I, w- I would see the very strong arguments for two of these sequences for some of the best that American cinema has ever made. And they're in this movie. One is um, the first of all, Chris, I know you've seen this Roger. I know you've seen this, right? I'm tired boss. Yeah, there you mm-hmm. go. Feels like a bunch of glass in my head. Yeah. Chris, so you've seen this. I have a feeling you really enjoy yeah. this movie, Chris. I do. I like this one a lot, actually. If you guys remember the sequence um, with um, him going to them, them taking John Coffey to the warden's house to cure his wife. Yep. Mm-hmm. That scene when he goes walks up past the ground at the big grandfather clock, and then like he goes in the room and he he just he a miracle happens in that room. And I think that's one of the greatest sequences in all of cinema. The other sequence I always that I love to talk about is when Tom Hanks sits down with John Coffey and says, "Do you want me just to let you go?" Because when I talk to God one day, what do I do? I tell him that I that I did this to one of His miracles. What do I? I mean, the movie addresses certain things so well that I, this is this movie is a masterpiece, and it just it's an easy one to listen to. I listen to it at work maybe once every two weeks, but it's full of great performances. Um, Michael Clark Duncan no longer with us, but man, he was good, and of course the rest of the cast also awesome. Whew. All right, switching gears a little bit. Gamer by director Mark Neville Dean and Brian Tyler. Gerard Butler, Logan Lerman, Ludacris, Amber Vallette, Kira Sedgwick, Allison Lohman, Terry Crews, 2009. Roger, why should people check this one out if they have Hulu? So I think Gamer at the time was a, an, an interesting mm-hmm. movie from the perspective of you playing a first-person shooter game, basically. Um, guy controls Gerard Butler and basically becomes a superstar by doing it, which is now something that actually kind of happens except for the controlling real people thing. Yep. Uh, video games will pay you quite a lot of money if you just do very good at it. Um, I don't know. I, it's a, it's a R rated movie. It's got decent action in it. It's got some funny moments in it. And I mean, it just works to me. Um, it had a, at the time it had some very topical actors, you know, it had uh, Gerard Butler in 2009 was it, like peak Gerard Butler. Yep. I mean, and you had uh, Michael C. Hall who was in the middle of his, as high as he could be from Dexter, mm-hmm. you know, as a bad guy. And, you know, Terry Crews just being a Jack psychopath, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, and it just works. I mean, listen, here's the thing. It's very R rated. There's a lot of, a lot of wild shit happening, but mm-hmm. it's, it's a movie that if it's on TV, like I will still watch yeah. because it, it just kind of resonates to how, how movies were at that time. So, and the premise behind it, when you really think about it, it's kind of interesting. Yep. So mm-hmm. yeah, I'm okay Wait, that's the one where uh, they, Pretty much, cons were fighting for a chance at freedom, yep. and they they were being controlled by gamers. But like down to like the like everything, they couldn't do anything without the gamer first doing it. Yep, right. That's okay. That's what I'm remembering. I, it's been a while since I've seen Gamer, but I remember somewhat liking it. That's a, it's certainly an interesting one. And Gerard Butler and Logan Lerman is an interesting pair. And Logan Lerman really doesn't do movies like that, so. Uh, I'm glad that we got that one out of it. That was right after he did Percy Jackson too, by the way. One of the, I think the first or second, in between his first and second Percy Jackson movie. You're probably right. And then right after that was Fury, uh, maybe two or three Uh, years later. Well, maybe five years later. Yeah. Uh, Another another good one. Uh, Training Day by director Antoine Fuqua. Academy Award winning Training Day. Yeah. (laughs) Denzel Washington, Ethan Hawke, Scott Glenn, Tom Berenger. Why should we check this one out, Chris, if we have Hulu? 
I have like the early my earliest memories of this movie was that this was like the first serious drama that I watched and like really like absorbed when I was growing up. So like I, before then, it was like a lot of animated movies and things like that. Nothing like super serious. This nice one, step up. Yeah, we, yeah, this one was like was like this is this is a a good drama. This it's is got, an adult movie. Yeah, it is. It's got great acting in it. It's got a killer storyline. It's got. It, it 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 rides that morality line so well all the all the way along it even to the, the the climax of the film between you know between him and Denzel's character it's just and like the the, the speech he gives uh, Denzel's character gives when he when he, he's in in his home and in his yard where talks about you know how King Kong doesn't got shit on him King Kong ain't got shit on it's me such a good goddamn scene as like as a kid I didn't really appreciate it as an adult you're like damn. That's a guy who thinks he controls the entire world and he's going to fucking die because of it. <laughs> and it's just, it's a cool ass movie. I love that. I love that film. It's, it's a good one. I remember I came in spraying. Mm-hmm. I remember the being very confused why that one best picture. <laughs> really? I, yeah, it's just one of those movies that I saw. And even as I like really into movies at the time, yeah. like in, in high school, I was like really coming into my, you know, really watching tons of them. I was like, why did that get, why did that win Best Picture? What about now? Like, what about oh, I can see, now? I can see it now, but it, it's it's a okay. it's it's a script that I I'm, I'm not quite sure a teenager really is fully equipped to be able to appreciate and fully mm-hmm. break down in his head. Yeah, so, man, but you no, smoke yeah. PCP. <laughs> <laughs> it's top comedy. <laughs> it's good. Dude, when he's looking at him, his like face is like. <laughs> and cans him a beer. Get some of that medicine up in you. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. That was uh, that was a good one for Denzel. I uh, Antoine Fuqua almost passed on that because Denzel almost passed on that. Mm, now, can okay. you imagine how? I mean, just throw another director in there. Whoever you want is. Can you imagine how different that movie would, would throw be? another lead actor in there? Yeah. Kevin Hart. <laughs> <laughs> no, that that's what net that's what Netflix would do, and then. Recast training day with Kevin Hart. <laughs> That's the SNL skit version That's of true. the movie, is what it is. And then yeah. Ethan, Ethan Hawk is... they got nothing on me. <laughs> Shoot, Godzilla. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then uh, the Ethan Hawk is played by uh, Mark Wahlberg. Yeah. No, we, oh my god. No. You know. Oh yeah, it's perfect. <laughs> How do you think that would be Will Ferrell in the as the as the trainee? Okay. In that situation. Yeah. yeah. That's fair. Well, didn't we kind of get that with? Uh, yes. The, the, exactly. the, the, the perfect SNL yeah. skit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Um, that's a that's a good movie though. The older I get, the more I appreciate that. But at the time, I was like, "What?" Uh, all right, if you have Hulu, you are free to stream. The watch Green Palm Mile. Springs on Hulu. Yes, who, after watching Palm Springs, The Green Mile, Gamer, and Training Day, all available for your streaming pleasure. If you have I watched Green Mile in Hulu. a long time, you should though, man. Either. If you haven't, you definitely should. It makes me depressed. <laughs> have you read the book, Grayson? Don't lie. I have not read the book. No, it's really good. You should read it, or at least listen to it. Since you you know, if if you'll listen to the movie, just throw the audio audio book on. It's fantastic. Well, I've been really flirting with the idea because Roger's really into audiobooks. So I've been really flirting with the yes. idea of just doing yeah, that. Yeah, I don't listen to many audiobooks either. But yeah, no, you should it's like reading, but not reading. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, fair. I just I think as, as I was driving, I would just zone out. And that's no, it, it's, yeah, you, it, I'll be listen. Uh, I will speak to this quick. Wait, wait, hold on, hold on. Doesn't, you so don't this do right? It. Brought to you by Audible. We're not sponsored, but we're trying to get one. So Audible, here you go. There you go. I don't always listen to the ones from Audible. Shut up and just. Well, no, I, do. I, I have the the <laughs> library app that has them for free. So that's true. That is true. There you go. Libby, the library app, which is a great app, yeah, by yeah. the way. Um, no, I mean, listen. When you you pop in an audiobook, and if it's something that you're engaged with, it, I I retained so much of that information. Yep. And like I remember where I leave off because listen, that's something that can mess you up if you're not ready for it. Like. 
because you know you're listening to it say say you have a half hour car ride and you listen to it the whole way and then you know you work for eight hours like i do and sometimes don't listen to it and then i pop right back in if i remember where i'm at like it's it's that's the kind of information that you can retain so i really do pick up on it quite a lot so uh, hold on i'm looking at my warhammer 40k library in my audible right now and yeah. i've listened to all of these at least once so i'm looking at about at about 68 hours no 88 hours of Warhammer books alone. Some of I've listened to twice and it's all been in the car, all of it. And you know, back when I, you know, we, I, I work from home now, but driving to work, that's how I've listened to all of it. And I could tell you so many things about the Warhammer 40 K universe. And that's just what I've learned from listening to the audiobooks. So, and that's all while driving. So you think you wouldn't, you wouldn't get it, but you actually do absorb it pretty well. Cause driving is such a natural thing that you do now. What'd you say? 66 hours, 68 after I, after I looked. Oh, that's cute. Well, that's just of my Warhammer 40k <laughs> content on my Audible account. But yeah, no, it's th- th- there's a lot more on there. But no, I'm it's... at 59 days Jesus. worth of listening. <laughs> gotcha. 59 days, 15 hours, and 13 yep. minutes. So right. Yeah, so don't knock it. But I think you should read the book that that movie's based off of because it's it's such a good book. That's a 100%. King book, right? That kind of, that's a Stephen King. Yeah. Yeah, Green um, Mile. Yep. That's that's a hell of a movie too. So I can certainly yeah. understand that 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 pairing. The good thing with most Stephen King books too is they have good narration. Pe- narration yes. and that listen that one matters. Thing. <laughs> it matters. Fuck, does that matter? Yep. All right, back to not back to movies. Yeah. <laughs> well, we're switching gears a little bit. Let's talk about some trailers. Yeah. Uh, a movie we uh, tra- uh, sorry a, a movie I mentioned on the the upcoming movie release schedule is To Catch a Killer with Shailene Woodley, Ben Mendelsohn, Ralph Ineson. Boys, what are we thinking about this one? I'm actually really hyped for this one. I like movies like this a lot. Listen, it, I like a good detective this story. This could be good. Yeah. This could be good. The trailer looks good. The character interaction seems well. I, I, I like the idea and the premise and kind of what they're doing with how she like sees things and solves things. I think this could be good. It could be really bad, too, but it yes. could be good. I, I agree with that. Yeah. Uh, I like the idea of going after a marksman who has no real rhyme or reason for what he's doing. Mm-hmm. No discernible mm-hmm. rhyme or reason anyway. Because those people are super fucking dangerous. So uh, I, I'm here for it right now. Listen, if we get four more trailers and it just ruins everything for me, yeah. I'll be very disappointed in yep. that. But I'm here for it. And also Ben Mendelsohn rules. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, but what, wasn't he in something? What would, okay, Roger, me, maybe you'll remember. What, I've, tr- I've been trying to think about this for a few days now. What did we watch on HBO that started off so strong and then just fizzled to nothing? It was about the... The thing that was killing people that would like change, change form. Last of Us Part Two. No. Um, oh, The Outsider. Was was, was that, that it? Yeah, we, yeah, we we did. It was. Are you sure we didn't watch that? I never did. No. Oh, that's a, That starts with Ben Mendelsohn, but he he dies fairly early on in that. Sorry for the spoiler from twenty twenty. R.I.P. Ben. Damn. He came in hard <laughs> with that spoiler that, too. That show that show starts out so strong, and then by the end of the eighth episode, when it's revealed, it's like it just fizzles to nothing. <laughs> like, like what? The- God almighty, that's you know the Game of Thrones syndrome right there. Jeez Louise, HBO, thanks. All right, another one. No hard feelings with the first action, the first female action star ever in 2012. <laughs> I forgot about that quote. <laughs> Jennifer Lawrence. <laughs> forgot about that. Strong quote. I mean, if you're going to lean in it's, hard. Yeah, listen. That's it. Jennifer Lawrence, Matthew Broderick, Natalie Morales. No hard feelings. What are we thinking about this? I think this might be funny or really fucking terrible. Yeah. Like that's that's the only lines I can see. Either I will laugh at it every step of the way, or have good comedy in it, or yeah. I'll be like, "This is gross," yeah. and I hate it. So, so well, the trailer this- makes me think this might actually be good. And and trailers have a way of you know selling us a lie. Don't get me wrong, but just at least the performance from Jennifer Lawrence seems like it might be 
actually spot on in a comedy. She seems very comfortable in the, in, in the trailer. Mm-hmm. So, which that com- uh, you know, in order to do good comedy, you have to be comfortable. And I feel like she might be there with this role. So we'll see. I I, I actually think I might laugh at this, which will feel good for once. Um, you will refer to her as the first female action star ever, Jennifer Our, Lawrence. Listen, I have many things, <laughs> other ways I could refer to her, but we won't do that. So I'll um, respect her with Jennifer I Lawrence. have a feeling this is, given, okay, if you watch the trailer, I'm not going to say more than this, but if you watch the trailer, you understand what I'm saying is, I think this is her trying to just put everything behind her and move forward. With, sure. Because if you look, this isn't how she prefers to work. None of this is Jennifer Lawrence ever. So at least, I mean, I, I could see the, what was it? She was in Christian Bale, the one um, hustle, um, American hustle. Do you remember that mm-hmm. one? That was kind of, I mean, it had some comedic elements, not quite the comedy, but I mean, silver linings playbook. Also, it's also a very kind of a dark comedy as well. That's an excellent movie, by that the way. Is. Oscar winner, isn't it? Yep. Yep. At, at least Oscar nominee. Well, so how how do you mean she doesn't like the work like this? Like what do you mean? She doesn't usually do R-rated comedy. So she that that that's definitely true. I don't okay. know if she doesn't prefer to yeah, do anything I was like that. Say, but... That's kind of assumptive at that point. But like uh, I, I think that most of the, most actors when they start out as one type of actor, they eventually break out of those roles because they want to explore their things. They want to be successful in those spaces. Yeah, I don't know what I meant, but here. not at all what I meant. I don't I don't, don't want to go further than it. But when you see the trailer, I think you understand. It might jog you guys a little bit to when you talk, think about it, but you'll understand what I'm talking about. Okay. But it looks like it could be funny. I guess the premise is Matthew Broderick is a father, and um, they 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 hire Jennifer Lawrence, who is in some money trouble, to show their son. Take him on a date. Take him on a date. And date I'm putting, him and I'm, hard. And I'm putting, yeah, date him hard and like move yeah. your, you know, as you're saying it, move your torso. But it's, it, it's, it's some really interesting because he appears to just have social anxiety through the roof. Doesn't want to go, doesn't want to do anything, is terrified by seeing an, uh, any kind of woman in that kind of, you know, way. It just, it looks like it has all the right elements to be funny. I just want it to be funny. This yeah, just, this just sounds like the the high school version of you, Grayson. So I, I can't wait to see this. Thanks, Chris. I appreciate yeah. that so much. You're welcome. But let the record show: um, I would more than willing in high school to do any Calm any at down. all. Things You're on that. a podcast, a family <laughs> podcast, sir. I would die for Jennifer Lawrence. <laughs> <laughs> I'd kill my whole family for her. <laughs> oh boy! Oh boy! Uh, look, I just radar comedies are are just so enjoy, especially the first time through. So enjoyable, and if you if you notice. Uh, this was from the the producing team behind Good Boys, a movie that we mm-hmm. we, we generally liked. Mm-hmm. Good we Boys was funny as shit. We it thought is. it was hilarious. It was just the right amount of inappropriate, probably a lot, not quite enough, but it, it was I mean, funny, very funny. I mean, either when he hits her with the mace, it's either <laughs> going to be top hilarity or it's going to be terrible. So we'll, you'll know the whole premise of the movie by then. How do yeah. you feel about it? Sure, sure, fair enough. Uh, and let's talk about now something I've really been on the outs with the past couple weeks is uh, Netflix. Let's talk about a movie from Netflix, Chupa, with Christian Slater, Demian Beecher, and Evan Witten. So hold on, hold on. You you say how you're on the outs with Netflix, and then you picked a an absolute gold mine in Chupa here oh, to talk about. Man, well, it looks I, absolutely I, ten out of ten stunning from the trailer alone. I'm just trying to. I, this is going to be widely accessible to hundreds of millions of people around the planet. So, I mean, this is going to be very heavily watched, I'm sure. No, so, I, get I mean, that. I mean, it's just the vibe. I mean, the chupacabra isn't that something in kind of in, in Mexican lore that's like kind of like a a thing that will kill you as soon as look at you. 
It can isn't, be. Isn't a very dangerous legend? Is what I'm, I'm it's a, it's a mythical beast of it, Mexican yeah. folklore. It's like it, it's talked about as one of the boogeymen. Yeah. That they, and, and yeah, if for that, yeah, hundred percent. And in this rendition of of this, they have a child who is the who finds a cat with wings. <laughs> the pro- protagonist who finds a baby chupacabra. I the chupacabra is like a goat. Like, or maybe eats goats. Maybe that's what it is. Yeah, something but like that. But the thing is, like, they're, they're they're playing it off to be like this family friendly beast that's going to improve their lives just by being around. When was the last time you found a chupacabra? Well, I haven't, you don't know. I'll, I'll admit, I have never come in contact with a chupacabra. I will admit that much at least. It just doesn't. It's a weird take to me. It's just a weird. And the more I think about, it, we have a ghost and some of the other Netflix flops we've watched recently. And I've watched. I can't remember for the life of me what that one was called about the swapping homes and they fall in love with each other. I just watched it. It was terrible. It was just, I'm my thing with Netflix has long been, they don't have the same quality control that, you know, generally a theatrically released movie would have because of the studio, they don't care about that. They just want the product to be done. I, I, I really do think now this is something that I think we said off the, you know, we were done recording one or two weeks ago, Chris. So I think this is a, this was definitely a, a conversation between me and you, a, um, kind of a salvo back and forth about Netflix is I really do think that net part of Netflix's strategy is the fact that they think the American people are a little dumber than I want to say that we are. I think because whatever they churn out, that would, the evidence supports the fact that they don't think people are good. They think people are going to watch. We, we have a ghost and enjoy it. How well, can you I watch? Mean, we have a ghost and enjoy it. If you have higher than a high school education, how? Do remember, How do you do that? Do you, do you remember its score on Rotten Tomatoes? It was low. It was low, but it wasn't. It wasn't zero. No, but the audience score was a little higher than it should have been. That's what I mean, though. You know what I mean? Like it, the audience score was high. Like it wasn't bad, which means that more than you know that percentage of people watched that film and said, "All right, it was pretty good." Yeah, by my point exactly, but that movie is. <laughs> Is I gave it a four and like I'm angry with if I can go back in time and erase that and give it a give it a one I've <laughs> I've I've watched it again since and I'm just like no. I'm angry with myself. Why would you watch that again? Because I just wanted to. I had to. Pain. It was, it was festering <laughs> in my head. Like God damn it! I gave it a four. So so you gave Netflix another viewing of that movie. So now they think it's it's even better than they did last <laughs> time you watched it. So when you that. when you watch Chupa and then two weeks later rewatch Chupa to tell us how you really feel about it, let me know. Yeah yeah. Will do because will do. look, I ain't watching this trash, bruh. <laughs> I'll probably watch it, try to try to fall asleep too, but that'll probably be it. I mean, my kids may watch it, and I'll let you know how bad it really is. You know what I mean? Fair. But I, I don't think it's going to be worth our time, unfortunately. For you know, and Netflix has made this kind of the theme up itself is most of the things that come out on this on this streaming platform isn't worth talking about on a podcast like ours. It's just not. A, there's too much time. There's too much movies with not enough time to cover the things that come out on Netflix at this point. And it's not quality enough to discuss at length, you know, it, it, more so than not. Sometimes you get some gems like the earlier Netflix things that we've watched that we really liked and some things that come up every now and then. But the main wheelhouse of Netflix right now is it's like you said, like, you said a few times now, it's just, just got to come out. It's just yeah. got to be done. And then they'll just put the next thing out. So, so you guys didn't like this bag of trash. Well, here's four more bags of trash yep. to go <laughs> along with it. All right. We've talked S- enough about. Uh, this, but I, I actually I, I am kind of intrigued by Christian Slater in this movie. He's an well, actor. So, I'm always like, okay, I like Christian. Here's Slater. A, here's what I want to say about Chupa is that I hope that it's good for the people that want it to be good. I don't mean that for Netflix. I mean that for the like the 
what, what am I trying to say? Like, cult, like culture wise, people that are that want to see this, I hope it's good for them that like turn this on, want it to be something that they can watch with their kids, and you know, go along for the ride. Other than that, I don't care if Netflix makes another bad movie and it sucks for them. It's just the people that are going to watch this that want it to be good. I just want it to be good for them. That's that's the only thing I want from this because my kids might want to watch it, which means I'm gonna have to watch it. And I'm in that party of a God. I hope it's at least decent. Ha ha. <laughs> I mean, that's fair. I, I, I get where you're coming from. I, yeah. I really do. I mean, but what I said, I, I really do think that's just my thing on Netflix is that, yeah. that has to be part of their strategy is we don't care. We just need to get them away from the movie theaters. That's, that's all they care about. So anyway, we, we should move past this. Christian Slater, yes. how, how dare you? Why you Trash pile. Woohoo! Trash pile. All right. Let's talk about a movie, guys. Let's talk about a little movie, uh, a sixth movie in a franchise now that's long running that actually is kind of, you know, it's not. For the sixth one, it's actually okay. It's actually pretty good. Yeah, no, I'm down with this. Let's talk about Scream. Most six. successful movie since Land Before Time Six. <laughs> Fair, I'll give you that. I mean, Fast Six, I'm sure made a shitload of money too. But that was it? I don't remember Fast. I never six. thought about that. I never. Wait, I stand what, by my Land Before Time. Wait, what about Mission Impossible? What no. was the last one? Five or six? I don't know. It was six. I'm pretty sure it was six. A uh, Fallout Part. Was a Fallout Mission Impossible? I don't know, but that was that was really good. Dang, Roger, you're not you're not thinking of the the important ones here. But let's talk about no. Scream Six. Tomato meter, seventy seven percent. Audience score, ninety two percent. Those the audience score may be a little elevated, but the, the yeah, tomato probably. meter is probably about where it should be. I can see that. Let's get some particulars out of the way. If one of you guys could do me the honor of finding the budget for this bad boy, well, I'm I already, I already have it. Chris has already, already revved that guy up. Already All right. It. Melissa Barrera, Jenna Ortega, Jasmine Savoy Brown, Mason Gooding, Courtney Cox, Hayden Panettiere, Dermot Mulroney, Jack Champion, Devin Nakoda. Uh, what an directed- unfortunate name, Jack Champion. <laughs> Why is that unfortunate? I don't know. Sound it out in your brain and get back to me. Fair. Okay, I got you. Fair enough. All right. All right. There, there you go. All right. Directed by a duo. I love that he had to actually think about it. Uh, great. We're, 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 we're hilarious. Directed yeah, I know. By... I'm hilarious. Let's get that right. Directed by Matt Bettinelli Alpin and Tyler Gillett. Um, it's also, I, th- I think it's important that um, the writer, Kevin Williamson, is still kind of attached to this. From He's been wrong from the get go. So that's always a good thing. But uh, what's Roger? What's Scream Six about? What what is what is what what new does this bring to the Scream franchise? Uh, Scream in New York City. That's okay. Fiend. 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 Let's let's move to score this guy then. No. All right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Chris. If you could be so kind as to give us the budget. The budget for this film was a whopping thirty-five million. Wow. See, that's about what I expected. Fucking it's awesome. A, Good yep. for them. Yeah, hundred percent. They've 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 categorized a win already. So anything else this thing does is just money for them and i think they deserve it at this point and I, I think they deserve it for two reasons if you saw the last scream the biggest mistake they made was was titling that movie scream instead of scream five so that's the only thing they did wrong with that last but one. they corrected that this time they did which is kind of funny if you think about it but is they they they, they put these two films out pretty quickly we talked about it, it was like it was like anywhere between 13 and it's 15, about 15 months yeah about 15 months they have a lot of the same cast coming back and they're carrying forward their storyline and they're sticking to it. And you know what? They do that 
wonderfully. This you don't have to explain a whole bunch of shit. Nope. And you lean in and you lead in with the with like the fun part of like what this franchise is and what this type of movie is. And it comes out literally swinging. Yep. Has a knife in its hand while it's swinging, but it's swinging. Mm-hmm. So it, it does a good job here. And I, I'm I'm impressed the fact that they did that because yep. we usually get big mistakes out of you know a lot of these movies anymore, especially the slashers type. So yep. good this this movie at its core is an above average slasher yep. movie. And listen. That's hard to do, especially the sixth time. And and it's got a super young cast. You know what I mean? Yeah. So cast that can stay around for a while. Yeah, and that's also hard to do. It's hard to do a movie like this with you know and have this much success and people to take it seriously and to follow through with a sequel to it. You know, in a short amount of time with you know with such a young cast to be this successful. So I think it's doing a lot of good things, and so far nothing but happy for him. Yep. I, I agree with what you just said. It's it's kind of I didn't. If you had told me in the, in two thousand when Scream three came out that in 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 a, in a decade they're gonna they're gonna do one and then a decade later they're gonna do another one that's actually and those two are gonna be pretty good. I've been like, mm, there's no way. There's just yeah. no way that are gonna be loosely based in the same universe. That's actually a parody upon itself at this point. Blah 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 blah. You know what I mean? Yep. So oh yeah, all those things you just said, of course. Yeah. And yeah. it's, it's actually there. It's actually being pretty successfully received. I think, if mm-hmm. even from a critical point of view and from a financial point critical of view, critical and financially, it's a win. So I mean, that's a win in both columns. That's that's a huge. But how many movies do you know that win in both columns these days of just financial and critical acclaim on their sixth movie? Exactly. You know what I mean? <laughs> exactly. Just not 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 many. I just it's 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 kind of awesome to to see. And and I this is another example I think of a movie that really should be watched. On the big screen in in an actual in a, in a in a movie theater that's designed for that, you know what I mean? Like I don't know how you guys maybe um, it might be a little different, but it's I think this is a movie that has to be seen in a movie theater the first time. So I, I would agree with you on that. And normally I'm not uh, not the biggest advocate of this. Uh, one thing I do want to bring up is something that we talked about before the show started. Here is up until the day I bought my ticket. Uh, I did not know that this movie was also available to watch in 3D. Um, now, I know I didn't get to watch it in 3D just because of the timing of the you know the movie times that day, but Grayson did. So uh, I thought that was interesting because like not once during any advertisement do I remember seeing for stream, and there was plenty of TV time for it, mm-hmm. did I ever see that it was available to watch in 3D. So I thought that was it was neat. Because I, you know, again, thought 3D was kind of dead until Avatar brought it back. So, <laughs> you know, there's that. Yeah, I agree. And some of the sequences are really cool in 3D. They really, you could tell at least at least one of the sequences was completely planned around the 3D element, and they completely, you know, kept that in mind. And I, I was mm-hmm. actually kind of, I actually liked that. Now, back in the day, do you remember watching 3D movies, Roger? Like, and Chris, like, remember how those crappy foldable blue and red lens? Mm-hmm. Where like mm-hmm. maybe one sequence in the entire movie was not only in 3D but like looked okay or better. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the majority the, the the new 3D is not like that. Everything looks great in the new 3D. It looks crisp. It looks clear. Now that just comes with advancement of technology, sure. But yeah. I mean, it, it's such a difference, though. I can understand Chris your trepidation with not wanting to watch Avatar in 3D. I get that. I mean, many people still. If it's in 3D, I'm, I'll, I'll wait for it to be in, in, in 2D. I'm not watching it. Like A lot of people still have that reservation. But I mean, I like to tell you it's not... I I don't think it's a problem anymore. I think a lot of people still have that makes my eyes hurt. It doesn't. I did not I did not experience any ache whatsoever after watching any movie in 3D lately. Not, not Avatar, not Titanic, not Scream. None of them. 
So I just want to mm-hmm. put that out there. I, I think they fixed that at least. Well, I'll let you know when Mario comes out. <laughs> Mario's gonna it's gonna rewrite the box office for at least yes. a few weeks. Yeah. All right. Scream Six, if you will notice, starts with. Of course, it you know it wouldn't be a scream movie if it didn't start with a kill. So it definitely does. Although there's a couple of fake outs in this movie, even right off the get go, a couple of fake outs, and I really appreciate that. Um, and right in the right in the beginning, when the phone rings and then the picture comes up, there's there's like the you, you hear a phone ring and then like you the two or three beats and then you see a picture. Of it's in a restaurant, so it's not a phone that like our our um our first, we're used to hearing ring and scream. Mm-hmm. We're used to hearing ring and then hello, you know that 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 kind of cool sexy killer voice that we all now come to love uh boy i'll say one thing about that guy though he um it's a real deep dive into your own psyche there for everybody (laughs) listening by the way fair um you gotta admit though it's it's a cool it's it's a cool voice but yeah you know what you said though (laughs) (laughs) thank you but you got that guy's probably really happy they're still making screen movies because he's getting a nice paycheck from those i bet it's not the same guy over the course of all the screen movies no it is it, I'm pretty sure it is. Maybe I'm wrong about that, but I, I, I did a quick look, and I think it is the same guy. Okay, all right. I it should sounds have done a lot this different. Entire episode with a voice modulator. Mm-hmm. It sounds very different though from the first scream. And the I was watching a video on the evolution of the of the the ghost killer voice on YouTube the other night, and I just thought that was really interesting because he's he's of course much older now, and it's harder yeah, he said sure. to do the voice than yeah. But uh, as we start with a, with Samara Weaving, I think that's that's her right. And it's what's interesting is. These guys, Radio Silence, is the same guys that did the um, Roger. What was that movie? I, my memory is terrible these days. Samara Weaving was she. She went to a family dinner, but they were hunting her. You remember? You remember that? Yeah. Um, Your next. Was that or Ready something? or Not? Oh, right, Ready, Ready or Not. Yeah, yeah. I actually like that movie. Yeah, a lot. That yeah. movie's actually pretty good. And Samara Weaving's in that, and the same people that are behind some of the production aspects are doing this, and the. Uh, the psychologist in the first half of this movie is the like the like the patriarch in that movie. The yeah, the oh, father. Yeah, 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 right. yeah. So yeah. that's I thought that was kind of you know interesting and in, right off the get go is uh, they 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 start with a kind of a fake out kill of something they've never done before. It's like they have the victim and then immediately the person unmask the killer, right? Yeah, like immediately the mask comes yeah. off, and I was like, whoa, all right, this it, is different. I want to build off of that in a minute, but go ahead and finish what your what your point is. Well, I'm just saying, as far as the, as far as the opening goes, which is very important to not only a slasher, but you know, it's it's written into the very DNA of Scream. Mm-hmm. As far as openings go, boys, how we how we just take a minute or two to give me give me your thoughts on the opening of this movie. I'm totally fine with it. Yeah, yeah, I thought it was good. Um, I I, I like I like that it was in a public setting because it's usually always in like some some dimly lit house at nighttime where the phone rings and someone dies in a screen movie at the very beginning. So this is actually like a different take on that, which I'm okay with. There's nothing wrong with doing it a different way. And then my, so like the trailer didn't actually give away too much in this film, which I was, which I'm surprised about because that's usually one of the big problems at Hollywood hashtag stop doing so many trailers. But, um, so like the trailer we got was, you know, they're on a subway and there's screen masks everywhere. And it seems very, very like they could be surrounded by ghost face killers. Mm -hmm. And when this movie starts up, and there's a killing, and they immediately unmask the killer, and the killer starts walking away. I was thinking, okay. All of a sudden, I was real pumped because I was like, "Is this going to be like a, like a, a cult sc- uh, scream movie where like there's like a whole bunch of these ghost face killers in the city, and they're mm-hmm. all working together to do this to like mass murder style, kind of like 
almost like a purge style screen movie. I was so pumped and ready for that. And then you find out what, what the movie is and it's not that, but like, like it was just, it was so interesting to have that, have that unmasking the killer right there, even though it wasn't like the true unmasking. It was a kind of like an okie doke. Yeah. Fake but, out. But the fact that it was, it already had me thinking, okay, what are they doing here? Cause it, it was already it's different. different. Yeah. was a good, was actually a good move on their part. It, it had me engaged immediately instead of, yawning at the same reused trope in scream six you know like opening it could have had so i like the way this opens i like the unmasking because it got your brain going because that hasn't been done in a scream movie yet seeing the killer right away which now opens me up to think that's a good idea for like scream seven if like you know who the killer is the whole time like the audience knows before but the, everybody but what if you you know but what if it's still a fake out at the end though it like... could be you know <laughs> what i mean but it's like it like like all those possibilities run through my head which is interesting because usually slasher movies are straightforward enough where you don't have to think and not that you don't have to think, but like they don't make you think they don't yeah. force that from you. The ones that try to try to force it to you, they pigeonhole you and they, they, they act smarter than you or they don't do a good job with some weird twist reveal. This was cool. This is a good opening. And then I think that the first killing was outdone by the killing in the apartment of, you know, what, what's revealed to us in a very cool way. So I did like that. And like you, you open up with all the memorabilia in the house that these, these film students have and how he's so nonchalant about the whole situation, which then leads into like, he's like, ah, it felt so good. Yeah. And which then leads into the same exact thing happening to him and the ghost face asking him the same questions. You know, you feel yeah. like a piece of meat and it was like, okay, all right, cool. We're in. So <laughs> cool. It was pretty cool. Well, but like that kill, if you'll, that kill is, you know, pretty much to a T, what would have opened a Scream movie. If you just yeah, started yeah. there, there wouldn't exactly. have been, like, you had to rewrite the script a little bit, but you could have very well started with a kid walking down the street, you know, saying hey to his friends, saying hey to mm-hmm. some of the cast that we've already met before in the previous movie, and then that's when the call happened. I mean, you could rewrite a little bit, and it could be, but like, the first, so the first kill really was meant only for fake-out purposes, I think. I mean, and, fake out purpose. Oh, yeah, the very, very first one, maybe. But at the same time, it's building off of like you know how how the the ghost face in this film is connected to the you know to the first kill and all. But the it, other stuff. it it also does the thing where you know scream. If I mean, look, scream for the past movies, even like from three on, has been like very heavily into the. Even two had like a the stab movies have had more of a presence than I would have thought. Like even stab's been around for a while in yeah. this world. That's the same thing as like they're up to like stab eight or nine in the and and, yeah. they, and they always it's it's very self stab is like saw yeah <laughs> it's very self referential with you know it's very like tongue in cheek the mm-hmm. stab movies in the in the scream you know it's just but like also it the opening serves as like that like oh yeah I forgot this what scream does really well is it's kind of it talks about slashers in a slasher and it's kind of that's what it she was a film professor. Yeah. And it's she's talking about like you know the same tropes that we've seen in other screen movies. And I thought that was kind of a cool way to do it too. So the opening yeah. does two things. It's not a wasted opening, which would have been had it had she just been like a oh I'm a I'm an insurance salesman. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? Like it's it's not a wasted opening, is what I'm saying. Well, and, well, here's the thing: like the the whole like have like the tongue in cheek references to other slasher movies and the way that it talks about the stab movies. It isn't like tongue in cheek talking down to the audience or talking down on itself and then like being a slasher film at the same time. It, it it's it's doing it in a way where it's just like, yeah, we know what we are. It's you know, self aware. We're we're a, we're a tropey ass movie for, you know, an audience that digs this stuff and, you know, we know this. And you're still not gonna know who the fucking killers yeah, are. Yeah, exactly. What's <laughs> up? Yeah. So it's like <laughs> what's yeah, up? I, I I'm I'm okay with that. And 
I say all this about like the first kill and it feeling pre- it being a pretty cool thing, and I like what. It, on top of all that, I don't think the movie's trying too hard to outsmart you here. It isn't. It's doing what it knows it's doing well, which is setting up some some cool ass kill scenes and having just enough thought behind it to kind of keep you guessing, but bringing you along a slasher ride and yep. bringing you to, to an ending, which is all it needs to do. And it does it pretty effectively in, in, in this film setting. And I kind of dug the whole thing. Yep. I, I think it works very well. Um, I don't want to talk a whole, whole lot about the actual plot yeah. of this movie, because listen, you can poke I, holes in it all day. Yeah. You can poke <laughs> holes in it, but here's the thing. You could also spoil this movie. I don't want to oh, do yeah, that because yeah. like, I think the, the payoff of this movie is actually pretty decent. Okay. However, that being said, the third act is unfortunately probably the weakest part of the movie. It yeah. kind of goes like it has you go in one direction, which is working real well. And then it kind of veers off to left or right, whichever track you prefer to go down. And it, it's not quite as strong, but the ride we get to get to that point, mm-hmm. I think it works very well because like I'll, I'll hit off some, some plot topics real quick that, that still works. So the main core friend group is still there. Yep. You know, the survivors of the last, last movie we got a couple of new people because you always do yep um so much to the point you know where they're like pointing each other out like who's new and who's expendable and it's definitely this guy and the guy's like what the fuck (laughs) (laughs) you know um which is funny Mm -hmm. um and then we have like a you know a cop a couple of cops that come back we have hayden penetere come back into the to the thing Mm -hmm. as an fbi agent which is kind of an interesting twist um so I, i like that um, but the one thing that I, I really enjoyed in this movie, and it's something that I don't really talk about too much when it comes to, listen, obviously I'm, I'm not a big scary movie guy. I don't consider scream like a scary movie to me anymore. It's a slasher to me. Oh, I yeah, think yeah. those are definitely different things. The first scream movie was a scary movie to my young ass. That was creep. That opening scene where that guy gets eviscerated. When right he fucking there at the hangs. Start, yeah. Okay. Where like his, his belly is all over the place in the opening kill. Yeah. That uh, was too much for me as a kid. Now. No, they're all, they're just slasher. Films. Slasher right, movies, so. Yep. Um, the one thing I appreciate this, especially, you know, it's seeing a lot of screen movies at this point. Obviously, we have at least five of them, mm-hmm. right? You know, being the sixth one is they still have new things to explore in the th- slasher genre. Uh, slasher genre. Yeah. Um, but one thing I appreciate a whole lot is sometimes just the absolute brutality mm-hmm. of this version of Ghostface yeah. that we get. Because listen, he ain't playing games. Nope. He's not. He's not doing phone games very often in this. There's only a couple of phone calls. True. Uh, one or two that really work in the scenario which they're played out, but like there are people just getting stabbed in the fucking face yeah, in this movie, like, like legitimately in the yeah. face, <laughs> and it's like he ain't playing. Like he's just on this war path mm-hmm. um, for you know reasons that unfold later on into the movie, in which a, in a crowded gas station is what where one of these things takes. It's place? a bodega. A bodega. Uh, the, yeah, dude, yep. the dude blows through the door and just stabs somebody right in the neck. Yep, just hacks him up ends up with a shotgun and just blows somebody's brains out <laughs> like this is a new level of scream yeah. here mm-hmm. and i'm okay with that like it doesn't feel out of place mm-hmm. and it, it's because the one thing about scream and i know it's going to sound weird is scream is oddly bound in realism right like yeah, there's okay. never any mystic element there's no. never any michael myers like why can't this fucker the be force killed? of nature yeah. feel kind of there, thing, yeah. there is no none of that it's always a human being. A couple dudes in a mask. Yeah, it's always human beings. They always end up dead at the end because they always do, right? No, but here's the thing. You put on Ghostface, you put on a Ghostface mask, you're dying. 
in this. I'm just telling you that right now. No <laughs> one's walking away after wearing the ghost face mask. Yep. Um, and I, I really do appreciate how, you know, after five other movies, this one still feels like it belongs and truly is an actual sequel to Scream 5. Yeah. So has it touches base with other Scream movies, obviously, with like bringing back Kirby, which is Hay, uh, Hayden Pentier, mm-hmm. um, bringing her back into it. But to go all that way and be able to do that, I think it, it's good. And honestly... I'm down for Scream Seven. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm open to it. Yep. I'm, I'm here for it. I, I hope they keep some of the same people. It was listen. Some people don't make it. Some people do. Much like a Scream movie, and I'm good with that. So I think we should talk about Scream Seven at, near the end of this conversation because uh, I'll, I'll ask you, Grayson. What else do you have to talk about with Scream Six? Well, because no, I, there's... There, there's a couple points I wanted to yeah. make. Yeah, well, I'm uh, Roger. I'm really glad you hit on the sequel aspect because last week we talked about Creed Three, and it's it's you know, we watch sequels all the time, but like I, I, I would, I would lump Scream Six in with Creed Three as like it is a good sequel good to the follow movie up they, movie, the to the movie, movie that came yeah. before. It. You know, certainly everything came, even like as annoying as like the core four is, like the you know, it's it's it's, it's tongue in cheek itself. That's so fucking stupid. It's funny though. Yeah, yeah, but like at this point, it like, I'm down for it. <laughs> core core four. Um, that, that, that's that corny younger horrors horror film like crap you get and you're it's eye rolling but like for here it's like even though i rolled my eyes i was like okay yeah it it is fits really well with what the hell they're doing because it is it is a younger cast and which would probably draw a younger audience too so i'm 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 happy that sequels are starting to be sequels again and not just the share name with and maybe a character reference that was in the first movie yeah that that crap needs to stop but i'm I'm glad you mentioned that the other thing i want to mention is another point you made is there's I don't know 100% if I would agree with you with no supernatural elements. And there's there, 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 there's not. There's not any Michael Myers like you can't kill him. He's a force of nature. However, I would argue that during, you know, let's just let's call it the second act. During the bulk of the movie, when they're trying to figure out not only who Ghostface is, but they're trying to figure out a way to stop Ghostface is I think there is kind of a little bit of a kind of a supernatural element because they don't know anything about this guy. They don't, they don't okay. know who it is. They don't know anything about it. And even though they do manage to get some shots in, it doesn't seem to phase Ghostface. And I'm saying, <clears throat> I'm saying Ghostface. Now, in the in 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 previous Scream movies, there have been multiple Ghostface kills. I don't want. There's say only anything. been one time that there has been a single Ghostface killer. That was which Scream actually referenced you know, in this movie. Yes, yep. and, you know. But so when what I, I guess for for the remainder of the, of the conversation, when we say Ghostface, we're referring to. Multiple people. Well, no. Well, I mean, I personally am referring to the one killer on screen at, at the time. Okay. That's what that's fair. I, mean, I think that makes. So I guess there is. I wouldn't say there's a supernatural element, but I, I wouldn't say there's not 100%. It's well, like a 10% supernatural element. I would argue that that's not supernatural, that it's a psychological aspect. Okay, fair. But there is something that's just not. Oh, it's a guy in a mask. Like, it's, there's something. It's It goes a little bit beyond that, especially now that we have the the Billy Loomis in the last movie in this movie kind of making a comeback. Yep. Um, so. the, the one thing with Ghostface, and I, I could see now that you bring it to me, supernatural. I, I think the idea behind Ghostface is kind of supernatural in itself where like Chris mentioned earlier, like the cult of killing. Cult, yeah. Yeah. Because that really is a good way to describe how people in this little universe mm-hmm. feel about Ghostface. Like he's some sort of fucking legend. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Like if it was a real life thing, like that, that's legitimately like somebody being Ted Bundy. Yeah. And yeah. people are like, dude, that's fucked up. People are like, no, man, Ghostface is a shit. Ghostface <laughs> did nothing wrong. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 
bro. <laughs> bro. Yeah. So like, okay. it's wildly inappropriate. Yeah. Well, so building off of that, like, I, I think, I think the, the thing we're not saying here is that Ghostface, the character, whether within the series or as you know, outside in in, in the real world, Ghostface is iconic at this point. Transcendent. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Sure. It's it's iconic in in the slasher in the slasher universe. So much so than like in the other places it appears in. Oh, so in video games, for example, uh, Ghostface appears in a very popular slasher game uh, called Dead by Daylight, which has a whole bunch of horror slasher characters as playable killers in the game you can be versus other players. Mm-hmm. Behind Michael Myers, Ghostface is the number one purchased DLC character. Really, and it's and it it has competition like Freddy, Jason, Jason, the, the well not Jason but Freddy, the Demogorgon. You know Michael Myers is the only one that beats it, and there's a few others that are that are pulled you know, from like from actual like stuff that we see. Oh, we talk about sort of the Hellraiser thing. Hell, yeah, Hellraiser, Hellraiser's in it. Yeah, mm-hmm. so like, there's a lot of stuff in this, and he's the number two purchased DLC in the game. He's a big and deal. It's because people that that character is so iconic, and it, it it's just a part of you know like our pop culture, and it it fits very well, and if in the movie sphere as well, it. It, it has a pop culture feel to it. It's very iconic. People get attached to it. They like the story behind it. It's it. This kind of stuff is fascinating to people in and outside of like its own universe, which is kind of cool to see on screen as well as you know, like you know, in the world around it. How it's six movies into its franchise and it's still going and positively. It's not like Saw where it's limping along on like some B, some B film budget and yeah. like you know, it's only the cult of it that's pushing it forward. It's literally a decent flick in 2023. And it's performing well. Yes, exactly. So I think those are all things that are heavily in the positive column and are cool to see even even now. So I'm a fan of what what this has done for its own franchise, the last two movies. I think it's very good. I I, I agree. Going back to where Scream started was, I mean, Scream saved the... I mean, it reinvented the... the, Slasher. The slasher, 100%. It was... Slasher was done. It was gone. They weren't making any money. People didn't care anymore. And then then along came Scream, which... Look, I've said this before. I'll say it again. I think as far as... I, I, I think Scream is a masterpiece. Like... One of the, the first one, definitely sure. No, no, yeah, I think the first scream is like maybe like one of I think twelve or thirteen movies that, at least in my mind, is is damn as close to flawless as can be. I really I do think, think that. I think that's because Scream cemented it in in more reality because the like the Scream killer was Ghostface wasn't a supernatural killer. You know, you can't. You know, like you said, the slasher was a couple dead, of but, assholes with a knife. Well, yeah, because like because slashers were dead, like you said, and it's because you know we were, were sick of Michael and Freddie, Jason and, and Jason well, and, and all and, 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 and like Leatherface from. I mean, those Leather, were all Leatherface is another one. Leprechaun is even yeah. considered in that genre yeah. that way. You know, like Candy, watch some Leprechaun movies this week for there you go St. Patrick's yeah. Day. Yep, <laughs> Candyman is another, is another big one. Like these are all supernatural slashers where Ghostface was just a couple dudes with a knife, and uh, I think that kind of helped revitalize that space because it was grounded in he reality. let us know that humans could do great things <laughs> great <laughs> is amazing. that the point behind scream this is like yes. humanity's greatest triumph i mean <laughs> serial murder <laughs> oh yeah what the fuck Absolutely. is wrong with you people oh that's not funny <laughs> <laughs> yes it is yeah yes, i know it is uh, i know it is he says he says with a grin on his face i can i can he hear does. He no, does. i'm grinning from i'm here stuck here, here with him. but that's, yeah, that's, no, that's, that's, a, that's a good point though chris is like we'd gotten bogged down in that time with like everything has to be supernatural and I'm just as impressed because, like, I remember, like, just as a, I will move on after I, after, at least I will be done with talking about the mm-hmm. supernatural thing. But I remember watching movies like in 2003, like Freddy vs. Jason and Jason X. Like, they're just 
so fucking ridiculous. Like Jason in space. That's right. And then because I remember the one the one thing is like, oh, he's flying towards the ship. Like what? Out of context, you're like, how is Jason flying towards a spaceship? Can someone because Jason? That's the thing is like, but Scream actually manages to a keep it grounded. B keep the same story going from the first movie and see it manages even with the huge roster of kills so far it doesn't get bogged down in like okay you've got like you know game of thrones i can see someone like okay i need to take a breather and go read about all the names and get caught up like scream that's not really necessary even though there is a very long list of people that have died and what they did in the ghostface narrative but like it's not really essential that you understand that when watching a new scream movie you don't Which, need a big. You don't need a big wrinkly brain to appreciate. Scream. No, you don't. I mean, nope. anyone. As long as you know what Ghostface. I mean, let me ask you this: Someone going into the, if this movie was someone's first entry into the Scream franchise, do you think they would have been lost, or they would have been like, ah, well, maybe I can figure it out. Just give me some time. I think they could. I think they, they would have been figured, fine. Yeah, yeah, I think so too. I I, th- I think Scream Five is the better starting point at this point for it. Who, it would who, be that is that's correct, sure. But yeah, you could walk into Scream Six without any knowledge of it and go, "All right, I get it." I yeah. I think so too. And the absence of Sidney Prescott is something that I think we need to at least dedicate a so, minute. So okay, well let's talk about that for a minute. So this is the I do believe this is the first one that she is not actually in, right? In any way, shape, or form. Yeah, yeah, she yep. is referenced. A couple of times, nothing serious, but you know, to say that hey, she's kind of under. She she took her family to a safe place yep. and is locked down. Do you think they did that to check a box, or did they did that to pay homage? Well, no, they didn't. Can it be both? She, but she didn't. Maybe they didn't offer her enough money. That's the official why she um Nev Campbell said they didn't offer her enough money. That's fine, but the they didn't have to mention her then at that point. They didn't have to. No, well, do you but think they did it because they felt obligated to, or they they did it to pay respect to the character. I think they did it so people can connect. it be both. I yeah, I think because they, they 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 want that connection there, and they don't have to pay our money for a. Well, a, and they also mention. when seven rolls around, yeah, you know, yep. we want to yep. talk to you again, yeah. <laughs> which right. is which which is why we can't finish any any movie any screen movie that doesn't have Nev Campbell cannot be the last screen movie. So at so least I, I, you know okay. there's going to be another one. You know, I listen. I don't. I don't want to say that that's that's way off base. It would be hard to really prove to me that it was the final screen movie without that. But I, I get what you're saying with that. Um, without her here, though, the story still works very mm-hmm. well, and the references that we do get do also make sense. Yeah. Um, like I, I'm okay with how they did it. It is unfortunate she's not in. If it's a money thing, look, hey, I get it. Yep. You know, is it? It's budgets are what they are. Yeah. So, hey, it didn't work out. Hey, we'll talk to you next time. We're going to put this in. Are you okay with it? Yes or no? She probably went, yeah, sure. That's fine. Yeah. And we move right along. I mean, I mean, this movie bombs and she can say, hey, listen, see, so you need me. But now it did well. They're like, hey, we don't really need you. So listen, we'd like you to come back. But yeah. hey, you don't absolutely we made, have we to. We made a hundred and some million without you. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 60 we'll million. Give you five million to be dead in two minutes. Does that sound cool? <laughs> Well, you, you remember in the third one, what's it, um? Who was the, now? I forget the guy's name. Who was, who was the guy Roger that was supposedly Cotton Weary? Cotton, mm-hmm. he died. Leave Schreiber dies in like the first in the opening kill of Scream Three. Yeah, he was like, "Thanks for my two million and peaced out." Yeah, probably, exactly, you know what I mean? Exactly, Whatever. Exactly. But okay, sorry. Let's get. We can get back to this. I just want to. Uh, her absence is something that people are talking about. But I know okay. for a fact that they didn't offer enough money. See, I, I someone heard like me, I've, I've I've seen over half the screen movies at this point in my life, and it's like, okay, cool, she's not here, whatever. You know what I mean? It it, it didn't affect this film at all. It's not a bad thing, and they've done a fine job building a, a a base cast without her there. 
So it, it's fine. No, they cleverly moved away from Sydney Sydney Prescott in two movies that she was in, and like yeah. I'm okay. With, like I I don't hate not having her here. Actually, I didn't even until I like got up and started walking to my car. I didn't even realize it. Like I didn't real my brain hadn't really process the fact that she wasn't in this movie yeah. until like I thought about oh shit there's no Sydney in this movie it's the know, first movie without Sydney what they've effectively set up is uh well, the the lead character in this for her to kind of take on this the ghost face mantle and then hunt and then hunt her down is what is what they've kind of was one of the possible avenues that they've opened no, up they're so. never they're, they're never gonna do that I why not I just that's, why not because to me that's as dumb as someone putting on the Michael mask and becoming Michael Myers for the next three Halloween movies. It just doesn't work, man. It just does not work. They set that up literally in this film. Well, nah, they set something that could be that. I don't think they did. I think, I think, I think the point here is they've been setting this up for two films. I don't, th- however, Sydney Prescott dies. It will not be by this girl. Okay, okay, okay. who was controlled Take by the Sydney Prescott part out of what I just said out. And just the fact that this character becomes ghost faces. I can't point. look, hold on. Okay. Let's, let's ask a, who is, I know a very, at this point, neutral third party, Roger, do you think they're setting her up to be a killer in the next movie? In a future movie. There's, I can't see that. Those happening. are two different answers. Um, <laughs> So okay, okay. answer. I I would I wouldn't say the next movie. Listen, could I see something like that in the future? Sure, of course. However, I I agree with Grayson that that would probably be unlikely. But look, whoever we're talking about, because listen, don't talk about this a whole lot more, Mm -hmm. or we'll spoil things. Mm -hmm. Who we are talking about, I can see going a lot of different directions with that person. That obviously is open to interpretation of one of them. But I also think that that person just definitely knows how to protect herself yeah all I'm, right. just, I'm just saying yeah so we, we also like we're also running out of links to make movies with like you can't just you know what i mean like everything goes back to woodsboro and we've there are not too many more woodsboro links left well there's at least a core four yeah there's at least four <laughs> fair i mean i five six yeah okay fair but i mean i don't i have some major questions about i know you guys don't want to talk about the plot of this movie but one major plot piece that is like a redwood in California. You can drive out. Like what? How would you? How are you possibly going to sell that line of dialogue? And they did without even flinching. And I wonder yep. how they did it. Mm-hmm. Um, is when there 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 is a key death, and then when it was, and then when 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 this death is explained of how there was a body swap. It's like, did you guys find that strange? Or am I, mean, the I bo- just the only the one? body swap thing was was like the biggest eye roll in that in that in that moment but at the same time i think they could have just said what they said without the body swap and been fine yep. because they don't have to explain it they can just say yeah he didn't actually stab me i wouldn't dead you know what i mean like if, 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 if that person had just if he would have just if the person saying this would have just been like actually that person just got up and i never did anything to that person they just got up and walked out of the room after that you guys didn't check you know what I mean? like, yeah, because that's yeah, exactly what happened. Because that's what happened. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean. But again, You're it's like your movie. There's so many questions about like the cute guy. I I want to talk about him for a second. Um, his character doesn't make any sense to me, given how he's presented as this. I don't. I think he makes sense. He's I I, well, I, I, I he's there as a red herring, which this movie needs. Uh, it needs a few red herrings in it to make it work. Because you who's the killer? Blah, right, well, blah, let's blah. talk about this red herring for a second. When he sees. Ghostface through the window of an apartment on the other side of the apartment building uh-huh. and through like yeah. this weird like New York weird like it has like a, a thing in the middle. Um, an alley? 
Fork and, and an alley where like you you know yeah it's like a donut hole whatever I don't I don't want to talk about donut it. hole <laughs> donut is that a real estate term <laughs> <laughs> anyway he doesn't he would have let me be very clear here in in motivations given the fact that what we knew he was doing with um what's her name uh, the main character I gotta look her up again. What's Samantha. Her name? Samantha. Given that we knew that him and Samantha had a romantic thing going on, and he saw Ghostface in that apartment, he mm-hmm. would have been down the stairs, up and in that apartment in a matter of twenty seconds or less. He does not do that. Their window. But he. Do, but also, Scream sponsored by Coors Light. Yeah. True. Yep. Oh, fair. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's that's <laughs> a good point. Got to bring reference to that. But see, I mean, this so is like, why I, mean, I don't. This is where the movie, like, I want to, like, the motivation. Some of the mo- the mo- the majority of the motivations don't make any sense. I get movie. it, but then we don't have the cool ladder scene. True. Oh, but okay. But the ladder scene is like a really. That's what you guys came up with is the ladder scene. Uh, I mean, I, I think, was okay with. I it. think the ladder scene works well here because, like, I think they had an idea for a, a you know what kill. They're like. Yeah, we need to make this happen. And all, yeah, I mean, I, it ultimately leads to somebody falling a yeah. long way to their death. And I went, ooh. Yeah, which is okay, a fair. After she's listen, been whenever a body falls off, a, he bounces off a dumpster, you have to be like, shit. Yeah, and, and and for the record, the way that she gets eviscerated upwards, she's not crawling on the ladder. She, no. She's, 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 her stomach she's is falling out. Then. Her stomach is oh, falling yeah. out. Like, 100%. And trails are on the bedroom floor. Like, her, her intestines are actually outside of her body. Yeah. yeah so so okay. So the last thing I want to talk about before I'm I'm done with this is I just want to ask you guys real quick what like what you like what your Scream Seven looks like in and in, in like just like the most simple way. Mine is what I led with at the beginning here. I think like the cult version of of the Ghostface Killer takes off after all these killings and it spreads to New York, which has a plenty of crazies in it, and we get multiple Scream Killers all over the place with their ghost face masks on and just causing fucking havoc in the city. I think something like that would be interesting. It'd be far different from what we're used to and they can do it at this point. Like it could be just a crazy ass slasher flick. That's where I think like, but to, who? I, to, what? Like, like, to who, to, to what? I mean, who's, um, how would you corral that? How would you? So hold on. I, I could feel this for you and mm-hmm. actually make it semi believable. So one thing that they have used a lot through the last two screen movies is, Reddit, mm-hmm. basically, right? Yep. Not basically, Reddit. They have, yeah. So, what you could do, legitimately, if you went something Chris's direction, so uh, let me write a movie for 25 seconds, right? So, obviously, once the the aftermath of Scream 6 were unfolded and the actual details would come online, none of this that Sam isn't a murderer or whatever stop anything, mm-hmm. right? Like, look, if anything, it's it ramping bigger, up. Yeah. yeah, It is growing at an exponential rate. What would happen, what I think, if you went with the city-based idea of Ghostface is that in multiple cities, at the same time, everybody ever connected to Woodsboro is a target. There you go. I mean, all of the people that left, people, everything like that. Yep. Anybody that has any connection Mm -hmm. to Woodsboro, the original three, four, five, six, anybody are just started getting them fucking mowed down. That gives them a lot of character pool to pull from as well. That's right. Anybody that's ever survived a Scream movie is in danger. Yeah. All right. And I, I think you could make that work. Yeah. Ultimately, where everybody that's still alive comes back into the same area just to. Mm-hmm. be with each other yep and i think that could lead to some now listen i think if you go that route though you have to end something oh yeah like mm-hmm. the movie franchise or <laughs> I, 
or yep. you know, multiple big name people are going off a list here. But yeah. I think, listen, that could work. I think so. I think that could work. What you're so. what you're describing is the sequel to Cocaine Bear, or you're describing the Dark Knight, which is just one person who, or a couple people who are just completely holding a city a ransom. Oh no, it's or, no. I'm thinking multiple cities, bro. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, think Listen, bigger. Think bigger. Think the, so Chris made a good point. The Purge is a good example of this. Mm-hmm. Something along the line of the Purge, yeah. except Ghostface related. Yep, I think so. I think that'd be something. You could write could an interesting cool. script like that, and it'd be different. It'd be something that the slashers, like, like the slasher, like genre, hasn't done yet. Which Scream was the first, first of these to do something that the slasher franchise hasn't done yet. You know, so they'd be a good one to poise that as the next. You know, anybody could be Ghostface kind of thing. Mm-hmm. You Just like anybody this, can be Spider Man, anybody you, can be Ghostface. You love this. Eddie, anybody can be Michael Myers. You love this kind of. I, I don't think that's. I think it's got to be people that are deeply. I never once said anybody by be Michael Myers. I said Michael Myers is, is a force of nature. There's a difference there. Well, no, so you said the motivated it, by revenge thing doesn't actually have to come into play if you do the cult aspect of it. True. Because anybody can feel like I believe in this, so I was wronged by that, so I take up this mantle. You know, it's my responsibility. Yeah, it's but weird. Group what, think what, is like what a makes... serious thing that um, that people get sucked into. Yeah, I know. Like COVID isn't real. Yeah, <laughs> we've seen a lot of a <laughs> lot of examples goodness. of this over the last. What? what no, makes... listen. Very topical. <laughs> <laughs> what makes these movies work so well? Scream five and six is we are centered around a couple of characters, and there's still a link to the original. If they would have rebooted, see, people keep saying the word reboot with Scream five, and that's not what it is. Scream five is not a reboot. I keep no. seeing that online. Like Scream five nope. is no, they're very much acknowledging that the others still look like everything they in, the timeline in their timeline where they fit. Yeah, mm-hmm. this is also think, we still have characters that have yet to return. True. Yeah, sure, but I mean, I think that'd be a tough sell. If you're, if you're talking about Scream I mean, seven, I mean, I listen, think that'd be a larger tough sell. budget. True. After just because you got to give people back. It's made money. Too, I, yeah. I really did think so. Okay. Spoilers from Scream 5. Dewey dies on Scream 5. But you know that ah, if, you, if you watch yeah. this movie. Well, I mean, you, you should know, know that, that at this yeah, point. Yeah. Right? Of course you should. I but mean, he ain't coming back. Um, but Maybe. here's the thing is, I, I mean, I think another key character not dying in this movie was a last minute decision that was not in the original script when they greenlit this movie they can that's okay you know what they absolutely intended to kill i know exactly who you're talking about Mm -hmm. and i'm totally okay with how that plays though yeah totally okay so i mean i do want to talk about things like gail weathers makes a return in this one i do like i think that's got i think the gail weathers segment has the funniest joke in the entire two of the funniest jokes in the entire movie the punch which Mm -hmm. she ducks she ducks the the sydney punch punch was good Uh, she doesn't see the second one because sydney never punched her twice in a row and number Mm -hmm. two is hold please (laughs) And then you hear Ghost says, what? Like, you hear him. Say, <laughs> wait, 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 wait. <laughs> so I legitimately laughed at yeah. that. Because, yep. listen, one, that's funny. Yeah. Two, that's clever as fuck, yep. by the way. It, like, it, it listen, really is. Gail Weathers don't play. Yep. She, she proved I've been here before. Yeah. Again, but I love that she didn't fuck around either. She went straight to where her guns were mm-hmm. and got a gun but out. Again, was like, again, that's, all right, dickhead. That's such yep. a, but that's what I'm talking about in the realism of. Well then, then, then you would just stay in that room behind that door, and anything that came through that room, you would just shoot it. Doesn't matter what. It doesn't matter. It doesn't like you would not go in to the fucking hallway with a fighter mentality that well, she has, and she'd already and fil- fired off a couple rounds. And she thought she was winning, mm-hmm. which with someone that's that 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 is in that position, adrenaline's pumping. You think you're winning. You're already an aggressive I can player. Finish this now. Yeah, you're thinking I'm. You know, I'm done with this shit. You know, I, I I can see you exiting that room in that moment. This is the sixth goddamn movie. Grayson <laughs> Maxwell wouldn't exit the room, but that doesn't mean that Weathers wouldn't. Courtney Cox sure would. Here's yep. 
the thing. Here's the thing. I don't. What makes this is the core four. First of all, the older sister would absolutely have a gun. I by this point, hundred percent. That, that have a gun. I, I kind yeah, of believe. I could see that. Yeah. I also like when she tasered that dude in the balls. Yeah, that was yeah. That was amazing. I'm going to taser you in the balls now. <laughs> yep. What? Yeah. Yeah. Great lead into that. <laughs> I mean, I want to talk about the, things the, like the confused look on his face when he's like, "What?" <laughs> I do love the right. I mean, the whole thing with the two sisters, one unable to let go, and then you know, one still ah, one wanting whatever, one wanting to. One not Forget. processing. <laughs> yeah, one not processing. But also it's Jenna Ortega is she's on a whole different level. And and good for her that she's got a whole Netflix thing um Wednesday, which is fantastic. And mm-hmm. I wish nothing but the greatest things for Jenna Ortega. For she's young too. She's like twenty or something. For like that, right? selfish reasons. Appropriately like, aged. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Thank you for that weird true. term coming from you, Rob. Thank you. Well, um, but she she is though. True. Yeah. She, okay, like, fine, she's like but, the perfect age for what her character role is. That's mm-hmm. accurate. I, I want her to be I also want to see power. I want her to see more of her for Selfish reasons of like, I want her to keep giving me great stuff because she is, I think she's far and away the best thing in this. Jenna Ortega is fantastic. Line delivery, she's nailed it, man. For as young as she is to be able to deliver lines the way she does, good for her. Because I think our lead does fine too, though. God, I think she's oh, fantastic. She's fantastic. I, yeah. there are, so, fantastic. I mean, there are, were you guys, okay, well, I'm not going to reveal anything here, but were you guys surprised when we find the identity of Ghostface, were you surprised at all? Did it take you by uh, surprise? You know what? So, yes, but not completely. In a Scream film, I'm never surprised by who Ghostface is. That's not the point of the film. You know that's, what I mean? That's one thing I wish they would. I don't know how you change this, but I mean, that's the same thing with Five is like, well, I mean, you bring a new, f- you pay someone to be in the movie. There's a reason you're paying that person to be in the movie. Yeah, true. But at the same time, they paid people in this movie that weren't Ghostface. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So like, you can't. Oh, you can't say that's the rule. You know, you knew somebody, some of the one of the big people that they brought in this film were going to be Ghostface. Sure, but it wasn't all of them. You know what no. I mean? So it, it's all I'm right. Trying, but I'm trying to think of every like every Scream movie. Scream two, then the new people were the killer. Scream three, Roman Bridger, killer. Scream five, um, they brought in Julie Roberts' uh, niece. Um, killer um sorry scream four scream five i mean it, the list that's something that like is continuous so i knew who one of them was the connection the connection was tougher because i didn't see it coming um i i guess Isn't i should have you want well yes yeah, i mean no. I, that's what i would want well yes and no but i mean in scream which i consider a masterpiece you can guess it before it's not quite like saw where you're like i knew the guy I'm like no you're not you're a fucking liar like no you can you can. They give you very subtle hints, but you can guess who the killers are and scream. I, I get that, but I don't think they're trying. I don't think they're trying to keep that from you. Oh no! But that's just that's written into the scream DNA is yeah, the yeah. the fun of trying to guess who it is and the motive before it's revealed to you. That's part of yeah. the scream franchise. It's part of the the yeah. equation that that makes these scream movies. But I mean, that's just something that I like to. Yeah, a lot of I'll say, some, I'll say something that, about but... that once we wrap up because I, I don't want to give away anything for everyone watching. But I, I do wish they would have done one thing to kind of make that more of a, more of a truth that you just said. How like they don't hide it, and then you can figure it out every time, kind of thing. Uh, I guess one last thing I want to say is in this world with realism, it's tough for me to really get behind these things. Of and this is the last point I'll make, but I, I really mm-hmm. and. You know, with the what you see in the trailer is Gail Weather on the phone, and then Ghostface grabbing who what we were assuming from the trailer. If you're watching it, is her live-in boyfriend, well, whatever, some guy she's she's yeah, dating, her, and her that defensive dude is, lineman of a yeah, boyfriend. That dude is Big like dude. an NFL linebacker, like he is huge, and I refuse to think that like 
I just I have a hard time believing that Ghostface always gets the one up advantage over all these people. I just can't believe that. Well, I mean, you'd be amazed what happens if somebody grabs around the corner and sticks a knife in your neck. True. Advantage yeah, Ghostface. <laughs> fair, but I mean, it's just it's also and like with Scream knives Fo- and shadows are a great equalizer. With Scream Five, I I will say this repeatedly, and to anyone who will you know anyone who's looking for reasons to denounce parts of that movie which i think do some of them are the 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 whole killing of dewey is first of all that girl took the killer that took three rounds to the bulletproof vest in the chest and then got up 30 seconds later and killed a very able cop are you fucking shitting me there's a zero percent chance that happens out of 100 times that happens zero out of 100 times that's my point though it's like given who the care who the who the identity of the killers are in this one. One of them, I have a hard time believing ever does anything because it just, especially with the savage Rogers, you brought up the savage killing nature. There's some brutality here. This ghost face is not messing around. He just does it. And he, I mean, stab, stab. I mean, he'll stab you 12 times. I just, I don't know. Maybe it's, maybe it's me looking at things that I really shouldn't be looking at in this screen movie, but I, I I do look at these things. I watch all my screen movies with intense realism in mind. (laughs) Fair. Good. Fair. All right, so let's talk about where do we go with Scream 7? If not yours, then where's another possible? Like, where's the my, I, I don't know my if, outlet for Scream 7? This, this, I don't know if I have a story. whole lot of ideas. Chris's idea would be interesting, or the stuff that we kind of weave together I think would be interesting. Yeah. But listen, I am firmly believe there will be a Scream 7, mm-hmm. and at this point, after watching 5 and 6, I'm, I'm here for it. Yep. I'm fine. Well, Keep okay. some sort of through line from story to story to story, and I'm okay with it. I do want to see the Billy thing come to fruition. I do want to, I mean, yeah, Chris would is, have to bring that in. Chris is right in the fact that like that does eventually have to come to a head. That I arc so. will have to be closed eventually. It's, they can't just yeah. leave that open. Yeah. Whenever Scream does end, the Billy thing will be put to rest, mm-hmm. and Sydney will be dead. <laughs> Whenever Scream is finally done, Sydney will be dead, and Billy will be. I don't. I, I just don't know how that's going to work. But it's they're definitely setting something up there with Billy and Sydney coming back into the fold together again. Maybe. I just don't know how that's going to. I don't know give Sydney enough like. money. Yeah, well, I mean Nev Campbell's not cheap, but. <laughs> so some final final thoughts on Scream 6 now we, I think we did a good job of not spoiling any of this movie at all I think so I think good. so usually we're not too good about that but well I mean we or you we usually don't care is the thing but you know a good movie with a good with some good stuff goes on deserves you know that much credit so it's okay I mean we, we we're talking about this movie too well uh, over two weeks after it's been out so well at least nine days after it's been out two two yeah. whole weekends so yeah yep all right, gentlemen, final thoughts? Now score it up. Yeah, I got a number for it if you want. All right, let's move to score it then. Who wants mm-hmm. to go first? Go ahead, Chris. Uh, so I'd like this film, actually. Like, it, it, this isn't my style of movie. I'm not big into slashers. I'm not big into horror, you know, like this, this type of it. But the link between five and six is is so clean. It makes sense. It, there's nothing over the top that you really have to, like, roll your eyes at to get through. You know, besides the scream tropes that you're you're already on the you know on the ride for, this movie's a seven. This is pretty good. You know, this movie's fun to watch. It's it, it's good enough. There's nothing wrong with this film that really kills it. And I it just the things they've done with the story, they've committed to what they're doing. It, that's commendable by itself. So it's a seven. I like it. Grace and you or me? Uh, I'll, I'll I'll go next, and I, I'm going to just run down. I would give scream. A ten. Scream two, I'd give an eight. Scream three, I'd give a five. Scream four, I'd give a four. And five and six both get sevens. 
There you go. All right. So I, I, for all the reasons Chris said, I, I think this is a very good sequel to Scream 5. I think it's a very good Scream movie. I think it does a lot of things right where this, at this point, these could easily be two or threes. Hundred percent, very easily be very bad movies, but they're yeah. not. They're they're actually they held my attention. I was interested the whole time. I was very happy with this movie. So seven. So I'm gonna follow it up with a seven as well. Um, so it is a great follow up to the previous screen movie. It fits with the stories that we've had running through the other screen movies that got us to this point. Listen, I'm here, man. I, I like this. It's paced well. The action's good. The brutality is really nice for a change here it's not overly psychological but you don't really know everything that's going on anytime uh give me scream seven mm-hmm. make it good i'm here for it yeah yeah i'll, I'll watch when it comes out that's right i'm committed at this point they've done, they done a good job <laughs> oh no yeah you know i'm not turning away so. gotta see it through <laughs> do, you, do you guys do you guys think we see that in 2024 so the pacing of these of these two coming out i'd be surprised actually i think if they're going to do a third one I think I think they're going to close close a lot of doors with the next one with just the way they built this up. So I bet we don't see it till twenty twenty five. But right. that's, I, that's I, I don't th- I don't think it'll be a long time. I think they want all these characters while they're hot, all these actors while they're what, what actors and actresses while they're you know while they're coming up and they're big and affordable right now. I think they want to do this fa- you know faster than what the normal movie movie making cadence is. Yeah, you're not wrong about that. They'd be foolish not to just strike mm-hmm. while the iron's hot now. Yep. You know, so for all all told, if they invest, let's just say ninety, let's just say a hundred million for Scream five, six, and seven, and they yeah. and they make like three hundred million, that's you're making two hundred. Well, you're you're making an additional one hundred fifty million minimum, one hundred percent profit. Mm-hmm. So that's mm-hmm. not a bad investment. I mean, let's talk about that for a second. Not a bad investment at all. But I think if we get, I think we're lucky to get. I think we'll get one more. I don't think we would. I mean, even if it does gangbusters, I don't think they're going to go past one more. I think you really risk just saturating your your IP just to the point where people don't even care. But yeah, then it becomes saw. Exactly, which is an example not to follow. But boo, yep. boo indeed. All right, gentlemen, we have done another one. I was actually really excited to talk about this. I really, really enjoyed Scream. Yeah. Um, Glad we had a chance to toss around our thoughts. All right, this has been episode 322A of For the Love of Cinema, a movie podcast. Each new episode posts every Tuesday and Friday at 5 a.m. on the podcast service of your choice of the following five. Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music. Please leave a comment or two, rate, subscribe. Every little bit helps. More importantly, thank you very much for listening. Check out the show on Twitter at Love Cinema Pod. I am at Grayson Maxwell 1. I am at Rod Stillian. And I'm Christopher Bond. Don't forget to check us out on Facebook, always posting things on social media. Send us an email to for the love of cinema podcast at gmail.com. And next week, we're taking a look at Shazam, Fury of the Gods, and we're going to just mull over the release of late, late spring and summer and, and into fall and what we are looking forward to.